Welcome to Learning by Doing Podcast, Episode 2. You've got Kathleen, Austin, and Jenna. Welcome. So today we were going to talk a little bit about what CTE is and maybe a little of the background and kind of what it looks like today because we realize a lot of people don't really know what that means. Um, A lot of misconceptions and because of the changes in language over the last few decades, even people in education aren't sure that CTE means career and tech ed. So... So the real kickoff um, in the past hundred years was, well, a little over the past hundred mm-hmm. years now that we're 2020. Um, in 1917, the Smith-Hughes National Location Education Act was signed into law. Uh, that launched the Federal Investment in Career and Technical Education, so CTE. Um, since then, federal policy on CTE has evolved with the changing U.S. economy, um, social conditions, And that legislation uh, provided funding for the states um, for agriculture, homemaking, which sounds crazy to say that, (laughs) trade and industrial education. And I think it's interesting because when they talk about the beginnings of vocational education, they're talking about it as prep for careers that weren't going to need college. And at that time, a lot more students were coming to public schools. Mm -hmm. So they're talking about how where in the past people wouldn't go on to secondary education because they were being trained for a job or they were going to work on their family farm. It was starting to change because urbanization was happening and there was just more kids going to school. So they were trying to figure out what to do with the kids. So that really became the place where it's like, okay, this is where they're going to be able to learn what they need to go on to something. Right. Yeah. Because there was less apprenticeships. There was a less of that kind of situation like outside of schooling and so public schooling more just more kids were going to public school and think of our school calendars still we're not full year because the education system was set up around kids going home to work on the farm over the summertime mm-hmm. and i've heard that that's not true it's not true i don't know i, don't know. I used that's to- what i heard forever and i went to high school in a farming community me too so that's what i always heard so wait so but was that like i don't know was were they because we had always heard so when i was at school you know they'd be like oh well these students aren't going to be here because they have to go help their family at mm-hmm. the wherever um and so we did see some students leaving but i was always curious like is that really something that happens well, and it it makes sense that that's the reality because when planting season starts, it's it's kind of like you have to go and it's like so time sensitive, yeah. especially in the Midwest because we have specific, right. well, and now it's like totally different. But uh, so it makes sense that that was a reality because it was such a all hands on deck for family farms. Well, I'm going to have to Google that. We'll, we'll have to Google that. As Find some official, <laughs> some, an official... <laughs> understanding. But I think um, when you start to look at the history of voc ed, it's interesting because immediately there's a lot of problems with it because of social class and kids getting tracked into these programs. It was kind of like people were determining destinies for these children with no, where the kids didn't have any choice. Mm -hmm. And it really had to do with where they were coming from. Mm -hmm. So Voc Ed had such a bad rap for so long once um, education started getting, you know, people were talking more about the democratic sides of education. Mm-hmm. John Dewey was super against yes. Voc Ed, which is pretty interesting. Right. And so I think it got such a bad rap for so long. And if you think, well, for some of us, mm-hmm. when we were in high school, 
who were the kids in shop class, right? They were the kids that were obviously not going to college, more of the partiers, more of the my buddies, you know, and (laughs) that's where everybody was hanging out, right? Um, Everybody that had bands, you know, we were all in the shop class and then the band groupies. Uh, But I think that's part of the switch into career and tech ed and that Mm rebranding once you know, whatever that's happened in the 90s, the 80s, 90s. Uh, Perkins was 1990. Okay, so can you, I know. So again, you know, I'm a little new, a little new to um, the CTE life and program and education here at the school. Um, Can you just kind of quickly explain what Perkins is? Is that a quick thing or no? Yes and no. Perkins is transitioned. So this is, I don't know a ton about the new Perkins legislation, Mm -hmm. um, but in 1990, the contemporary look on career and technical education changed when the Carl D. Perkins Vocational and Applied Technology (laughs) Education (laughs) Act um, amendments of 1990 came in. That was a mouthful, but you did well. Good job. I took a note. (laughs) (laughs) You mean you're just not saying that off of the... I knew I would mess that. That's a long title. (laughs) That's not bad. It breaks for like the accountability of the funding that's used for schools. Um, More of that post-secondary alignment prior to 1990, it wasn't focused on post-secondary. It was like, all right, here you go. Mm -hmm. Like, this is what we've got for you. Here's Mm -hmm. the package. See you later. Um, It has more like business partnerships, academic integration encompassed in that Mm -hmm. legislature um, that really was the funding that funded our grants so that we're able to do the cool yeah. things that we've been doing. I, I wonder, like, it, it would be interesting to see, because I know it looks different in every school and mm-hmm. the amount of kids you have in your classroom determines a lot of how much money you end up getting towards your programs. But I, I'm thinking I would have never guessed it was 1990 because I went to high school in the 90s. Right. And I don't know. I, you know, I'm curious what kind of support they got. And it was probably just some money and they were able to upkeep some equipment well, that wasn't coming out of the school budget. But yeah. I don't, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just curious to know how that I, I have a feeling it took a long time so to get is, as organized as it is now, as well as like, I think we're in a lucky situation that we have a great director area, regional director for our grant. We have a lot of support from admin and we have a lot of students in our programs. Mm. So I think we have more going on than certain schools, even in our area, mm-hmm. maybe, you know, the, the ones that are just a little more rural going out West. So they have a lot less kids. And so the number of those kids translates to how much money. Yeah. The Perkins legislation essentially took over the name of the grant in 84 was the first time it was named, renamed after Carl Perkins. Mm. And they put those amendment acts in the 90 or 1990 to put mm-hmm. like, more of a spin. So it's just transitioning, just like the names of our programs have transitioned. Essentially, it's the same thing, but we're just modernizing what we do with our kids and right. ensuring that what we're doing is. And there's, and that, this is federal money. Yes. Right. But it's yes. kind of managed at the state level. I think so. We're going to have to find out some more yeah. information, especially now that the legislation changed. Right. Because it was a set time frame that the Perkins original right. amendments were provided. Yeah. And so I know this year we've transitioned through and the district's been working a lot with it. And it's interesting, too, because I think this is always coming up as a topic of conversation. Online, everyone's sharing those, you know, micro, is it micro? Yes. Right. Like all the micro yes. 
articles and all the memes about bring back trade school, you know, all of that, which is great because kids should have options. Mm -hmm. But I think we have to be very thoughtful on how we how we promote some of these things and how and what kids understand about it. It's all great options, but I th- I get nervous when I start seeing like everything just kind of popping up online sometimes. That's true, because I do think there is this big thing right now of um, I hear a lot of students being like, well, I'll just go into a trade or I'll just go into this. Mm-hmm. And I think that they have this idea of I'll just step into it. It'll be fine. Right. And that's not how it works. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. And it's great to hear that they're thinking about it. Like that makes me really excited because College is really expensive Mm -hmm. and that needs to be rethought. And I, but I think that like. So expensive. I think (laughs) the the kids really need to start looking into the options and what it means, but it's awesome. The like opportunities in the trades, in technical education programs. And I think there's so much potential. I know um, our president was talking about, uh, looking into more of um, like a supporting more like apprenticeship Mm -hmm. programs and stuff like that, which is interesting to hear him talk about. But I think this is something people are always bringing up and I don't know how much has changed beyond this new kind of approach to the the federal money. Absolutely. And then when you, yesterday we were at a conference and we're like, Oh, CTE. We were joking about the connotation that, CTE say concussion protocol, bringing that up again. Mm. Um, they're like, well, we still call it voc ed, like vocational yeah. education. Yeah, another teacher said they still just call it voc ed. Because people know what that is. Right. right. It's shop class. <laughs> it's shop. That's exactly what yeah. it is. And, yeah. and you get we giggle and then we see the memes like you said mm-hmm. you brought up. And every time I tell somebody like, this is what I do, they're like, oh, so like home ec, like that was my favorite class. And that's a huge compliment that yeah. that association is still there for like the organization. Right. And those are their favorite classes. And I was talking to a lady the other night and she's like, oh my gosh, I learned how to sew on a button. That's, that's saved me a million times and iron a shirt. And, but I think it's interesting because at the conference yesterday, we were at a regional state conference um, for Illinois uh, and they had a panel of students that were involved in um, like this database at a high school and creating this database of uh, alumni. And one of the students was talking about, um, I don't know what she called the class, but she had referenced like the home ec classes in a home ec way, like is how she kind of said it. And then she was saying how like one of her teachers had advised her that um, you should really take these classes so you know how to take care of yourself. Like so you when you get to college, you don't have to worry about how you're going to f- eat like you can make your own meals. And I was <laughs> I was like taken aback. I mean, I'm like. It was it was interesting to be at a CTE conference and having someone talk about it as like these life skills. And I think that's where we start to get um, misunderstood Mm -hmm. because what's what our programs are about. It's like, yes, there's the job training connection, but everybody that comes in our classroom isn't necessarily going to go into that job. Who knows what they want to be, right? Mm -hmm. Who knows what any of us, how long did it take any of us to know what to be? So long. Right. (laughs) And I love going through the list of jobs I've had, but I think sometimes it's like, yes, you're learning basic how to cook to take care of yourself and be a functioning contributing human. Right. But also you're learning. There's so many skills in a cooking class in a foods class Mm -hmm. that you're learning that are applicable to so many other things. Like yesterday, one of our sessions was talking about 
the math involved, the application of concepts that we're learning in content area classes. And that's the the depth of our class is all of this application that's coming into our content. And those that get to, and they get to explore a career possibility. Mm-hmm. So there's, I, I think we are so misunderstood. I guess that's that yes. rant. Yes. We're just so misunderstood. Yeah. And that's what people like come from. Like I learned how to sew. Right. And I'm like, cool. You can also do that with a YouTube video now. I learned right. how to. True right. Yes. I've learned right. so many things on YouTube. Yeah. Like, I need to change my car remote battery. And I was like, how do I do that? Uh-huh. YouTube. I didn't even know it popped open. Mm. Push start card. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah. And YouTube is, I know that sounds goofy. No. But YouTube is how you yeah. learn those things. And I see my kids in classes. I mean, I don't expect them to, I don't know, need every day, need bread or need dough. And like, right. you laugh, but the kids are like, they got it. And they're having those, those conversations mm-hmm. and they're building their repertoire. And mm-hmm. we have guest speakers come in and food science is a big thing that my students are, oh, I wanted to go into chemistry, but I love to eat. And here's this career path. Right. It's so important for our students to see the application in the world around us. This is a career path. Right. And that it all, yeah, like you were saying that it connects, like, it's not just a, oh, Here's this thing. Like if I don't do it, somebody else will be able to like, you know, help right. me out with it. But it's like I can take what I've learned in these other classes and I'm using that in this and also finding what I love mm-hmm. sometimes. Right. Like, yeah. Okay. yeah. Uh, the, the conversation of Miss S, why do I need to know this math? I was like, I use math every day mm-hmm. when I make mm-hmm. food. Mm-hmm. And they're like, ah, uh, yeah, it's every all single day. Yeah. Like, right. It's equations. It's fractions. It's yeah. And I think people look at what we do and be like, oh, you can do this for me. Oh, you can do this for me. Or, oh, that's what they're making. And I think that process that's happening in our classes is so much application of skills and knowledge that that's where that's where it's really great. Like when you look at other content areas and they talk about doing project based curriculum, they talk about doing inquiry based curriculum, Mm -hmm. they talk about hands on learning, they talk about all this stuff. That's what we've always done in both art ed and in vocational education. Like mm-hmm. everything we're doing is that. And so it's always funny whenever I hear that it's like the new buzzword. I'm like, cool. <laughs> you can come to my class anytime and see what we're doing. And even when they preach it at a conference, like we mm-hmm. were at, they're like, oh, inquiry based and problem based learning. And I'm like, mm-hmm. and we laughed yesterday. I was like, this is our life. And they're like, you go live your best life. I was like, no, no, this is our life. Right. This is what we do. Right. But I think too, we're the newer generation of CTE teachers too. Yes. And so I know when I first started the CTE world, you know, when I, my first classroom I came into the graphics room was the, the school's Kinko's, you know, we were the copy shop. Mm-hmm. Teachers came in, oh, we ran their copies. Teams came in, we made their t-shirts. Like, Somebody needed a poster. We made their poster. Like it wasn't, it wasn't what it could have been. And it was a big transition to try to change up what was happening. And when I came here, it was similar too. like a lot of people, you know, because that's what the graphics class used to do. It used to be teaching kids how to run presses, how to set up pre-press stuff, like mm-hmm. all of these other things. And those jobs have drastically changed because of technology. Right. And I think, there's always going to be a space for all of our programs, but it has to react to what the world's like. And like the, you know, the meme that always goes around too. And the, the, the quote about we're teaching kids 
we're preparing kids for a jobs that don't exist yet. Like that whole oh, concept. Yes. Right. And it's like, it has to be around these skills that are 21st century learning skills. Oh yeah. And listening to some course name changes that people have in the area. I'm like, Oh yeah. Farm to table. That's a class you teach. That's a class. Farm to table. Like that's talk amazing. about the transition that's of cool. career clusters that yes. we're transitioning to. Culinary is going to be part of the food, ag, and um, natural resources. Hello. Like that's yeah. amazing. Right. Yeah. Uh, at the Institute I went to on Friday well, that we were at on Friday, mm-hmm. um, somebody was saying that they just started a drone class. Which I thought I, mm-hmm. I was like, what? <laughs> Tell me everything. Uh-huh. But I was really intrigued. But also just thinking about like when you think about drone class, you might think, OK, they're using this like it'll be right. great for their videos. But even just looking at um, like right now, the world is trying to do so much with drones when mm-hmm. it comes to like delivery or all mm-hmm. this different stuff. And so even just the technology that they're learning in there can be applied and connected to different places, different um, careers that they may go into as well. Yeah. Which is crazy. Drone class. And you're learning to build the drone, navigate the drone, fix the drone when you crash it. Right. Hello. How do you, right. The problem solving, like, all right, what do you do now? You don't, you don't just go and be like, Hey, it's broken. Give me another. Like, what do you do with that? Mm -hmm. It's very intriguing. Yeah. Problem solving. And it's hard, which are we need hard yeah. problems, mm-hmm. right? Right. Authentic problems. Yeah. Not, I like that. Authentic not prescripted problems. kind of experience. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's a safe place to fail in a right. classroom. Like, right. That you're not paying tuition for too. Absolutely. <laughs> and you're productively struggling the entire time. Yeah. yeah. That's wonderful. And I think sometimes too, with um, teachers, I think sometimes we have this need to like I don't have this problem because (laughs) of my personality too much, but like we have this like need to control the, the, like everything, right? Mm -hmm. Like the environment, the, the expectations, the experience, the outcomes. And the kids will ask me stuff and I'm like, I don't know how to do that, but look it up. And if you hit something, I'll try to help you. And, you know, like, mm-hmm. or I'm like, let's go try this guys. And it's like, my advanced kids laugh at me all the time. Cause they're like, you, have you even used this before Miss T? And I'm like, no, let's just go try and figure it out. Come on, help me. And if something starts smoking, go get the, you know, fire extinguisher. And it, <laughs> I think it's cool for them to see that experience, you know, like to, yes. that we are always learning and that being involved with this kind of stuff is a lot of tinkering, a lot of problem solving, a lot of prototyping. And that's, I think, so important for existing in a world that's changing so fast all the time. Yeah. Why don't you share some of those clusters? Because yes, the programs in Illinois, like a few months ago, all just got kind of renamed and we weren't even totally aware of it. There wasn't like a ton of communication about it, but a lot of, um, classes or like program pathways mm-hmm. kind of got re I know like what was the video change they're not doing something was changed from like broadcasting to oh yeah like there was and a couple everything's kind of getting zhushed right it's yes to it's all merging together all, mm-hmm. right um so, but I think it's good it was really needed because things were very dated right and so a lot of stuff is getting redone and I'm sorry if that was somebody's program that you know but I think it's I think it's sad if things get lost, but I think it's it was needed. Yeah. Things needed to be readdressed. Before you go into that, Austin, I was curious what um, 
what kind of programs were in your school when you went to high school? Because I feel like yeah. there's probably drastic changes yeah. between then and now, even if it wasn't that long ago. Yeah. Well, quite frankly, it wasn't that long ago. Mm-hmm. But the big classes, we had family consumer sciences. So we had a child care lab, child development, interior design, um, and then the culinary programs Okay, for family consumer sciences. Uh, there's also sewing and textiles. So I took those. And then we had like our business coursework was super focused on computer skills and typing and Mavis Beacon. Like, now, did you use an actual, were you like typewriter or like typing on no, a computer? No, no, We were like computers. Okay. Computers. Yeah. <laughs> but we, <laughs> this we, is the generational was, difference here. And here's the generational difference. <laughs> we were on computer computers, like uh-huh. traditional desktop, keyboard. Um, but a big thing transitionally is we went to the computer lab. Mm, and yep. there was one, maybe two computer labs right. that weren't the actual classrooms for the CTE business programs. And our teacher had to check them out for us. And mm-hmm. we had um, a woods course. A lot of kids were really into that. Mm-hmm. But we were also fortunate that we had a vocational center in the town next door that a lot of students went to. Oh, nice. And um, they so the had, kids that were more kind of interested like, in that yes. would go to that other school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they had auto body mechanics, CAD, culinary, mm-hmm. child care. There was a bunch of wonderful opportunities mm-hmm. for students. My dad actually went to it um, and he learned auto body through that program at that vocational center and now owns his own business, which is super duper cool. Like seeing that success mm-hmm. path. Um, so those were the programs we had in our school, but we were very fortunate to have like a vocational center that was yeah super career focused yeah. and they got a ton of certifications and that led to a lot of career paths for our area. And you were rural? Rural. West of Chicago? Yes. It's a little bit further west, southwest than here? Yes. And then when when did you graduate? What year? You're going to be so I know. Upset. I'm not, I'm not going to be upset. Were, yes. <laughs> I'm okay. 2009. <laughs> Just hit that 10 year. That's when I got married. Nice. It's a big year for us. We're not going to go into that. Okay. Anyway, but I think that's helpful. Yeah. Because so that I was rural. Yes. That's but Indiana. So a much, probably more uh, lower SES than your area. So I was in a pretty, um, very rural North Central Indiana. And I graduated in 98. <laughs> and so we had um, we had an auto shop. And I really wanted to take that class, but I knew I was going to be the only girl. So I never took it. <laughs> so sad. And then we had drafting, electronics, wood shop. And I think he did, you know, he, he did probably some cabinet building and stuff because I know some schools have separate programs. Mm. And then... Um, and then they did do building trades where they built houses. Okay. So they actually went out and built actual houses. Then there would be for sale in the community. So that was always cool. And then we had graphics, graphic arts and photo was kind of, he taught photo as well, but I don't think that was an official CTE style program. And I think that was it. There was no, there was a typing class, but there was no business there. I don't know. I don't think there was any business classes because I took all the whole shop wing. Yeah. I was in everything except for that auto really? and I didn't take woods, but I was like, I took all the drafting. Oh, and we had foods and sewing and I took all those and I took all the graphics and the drafting. I loved drafting, but that was old school paper and pencil yeah. on a big drafting table. And then I took electronics, but I never took wood or engines. 
That's cool. Yeah, I love it. Um, so I grew up in the south suburbs of Chicago, um, and we were a pretty poor school. We were like combined with our school and the school and the town next to us. They like merged our programs. Like we barely had band. We barely had like drama, right. things like that. So um, for our vocational things, we had um, oh, I'm trying to remember now. Uh, I, we had sewing, we did have sewing and I took that class. I remember being very upset because I like made a, uh, dress for my Barbie doll. My, I'm in high school, right? I made a dress for my Barbie doll. Well, that's context. And, <laughs> and, and like my mom had taught me sewing forever. So right. I was like, oh, this class will be a breeze. And when I brought it, um, she critiqued my dress so much. I'm oh. like, this was extra this was not even an assignment i'm very thankful for her critique (laughs) still slightly bitter about it but i'm grateful um so anyway so we had sewing (laughs) we had sewing we had um a vocational building and typically that was almost seen as like your bad kids who aren't gonna go anywhere right um so nobody really almost wanted to go into that it was like well they're going to go into that um, and they did, uh, I want to say they did some mechanics and some mm-hmm. uh, woodworking. Uh, but besides that, I don't think we had really too much else. I don't remember yeah. a culinary or uh, anything like that. Yeah. And we, I forgot, we had ag. Ag was hardcore okay. at ours. So we had yeah. the ag classes, the agricultural science classes oh. was big there. Did... <sighs> And you're 90s, right? Oh, yeah. I graduated um, in 2000. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's And I think it's so interesting to see the differences in the city versus the rural Mm -hmm. um, and and suburban regions. And I think in Chicago, there was so many. And it sounds like it was like this in some of the more populated rural communities, too. There was these vocational centers where... There was, you know, and in the high school, there was really like Lane Tech. That's Mm -hmm. what it was. It was a technical, you know, um, I taught at Prosser Career Academy, which was one of the like last ones that were still operating with the amount of vocational education programs, CTE programs available. Okay. Um, And, and I know that they're all throughout, you know, I can't think of all of them right now, but there were so many in the city and you had had to apply to kind of go there. Mm. I think... Or you might have kind of gotten sent there too. Right. And I think that's oh. the the kind of the hard history of vocational ed and why for so long people were so against their kids being part of these programs mm-hmm. uh, and why we need the whole micro kind of celebrating the trades again, which yes. is the good part of it. But I think it's, we have to be aware of the history of this and how it was used and why people are so against it right. and being more cognizant of that. Yeah. So with the Perkins grant, we have the 16 career clusters. So those career clusters, should I read them all? Huh? Read them. Go for it. Okay. So the 16 career clusters begin with agriculture, food, and natural resources, then bumps into architecture and construction. Another cluster is arts, AV, technology, and communications. We have That's you. Which I think they're actually just calling arts and communication now. Okay. I don't We'll see. I think we're still so I think things are changing every minute. Well. But yeah, keep going. I don't want to throw you off. Well, (laughs) and I could be thrown off. Business management and administration, education and training. Energy is its own category. Interesting. Finance. Yeah, it says the 
explore the career paths right here in Illinois. Um, government and public administration, health science, hospitality and tourism, human services, information technology, law, public safety, corrections and security, manufacturing is its own. We have marketing, sales and service, science, tech, engineering and mathematics, always that STEM life, and finishing off with transportation, distribution and logistics. Mm -hmm. And so this was the clusters identified um, by the Illinois State Board of Education. And what's interesting to note about CTE stuff is that to be an official CTE program, the teacher has to have a CTE certification. Mm -hmm. So when we were talking last episode about our backgrounds, we all came to CTE of various ways and we all have different kind of licensing. So, but you have to have a CTE specific license traditionally to teach the courses. So a school might have some engineering, they might have some STEM type classes or some of these other classes, but if they're not taught by a CTE teacher, then they like a CTE certified teacher, they don't qualify for the monies. Correct. I believe. Mm-hmm. Correct. You have to have CTE cert to access any of the grant funding. Right. Um, if you collaborate with a teacher who is mm-hmm. CTE cert, if you're doing a cross right. curricular, you can still access them, but it can't be used solely for your own project right. unless you have that CTE certification. And there might be somebody teaching some classes that isn't, but the lead teacher teaching most of them. I think it gets kind of muddled. Yeah. Like I think there's multiple ways to work around it, but I think that's interesting to keep in mind as people are talking about CTE and vocational is that and I think it's hard sometimes to find these teachers, especially in the more rural communities, because if mm-hmm. you're, you're talking about pay differences. So if someone can work as a nurse and make $80,000 a year, mm-hmm. why are they going to leave nursing to teach, teach right. to teach in the high schools for 35? It's not. So I think, you know, some of the articles I was reading, somebody like there was somebody that was welding who left welding because welding is physically difficult. Yes. And so he was kind of getting to the point where he's like, well, I can't do this much longer. I need to come up with a backup plan. And so that was kind of when he transitioned into learning about teaching in the CTE programs, because you can do it with industry experience and get that license. So I think that's really interesting. Yeah. About programs. I would agree with that. And with the teacher shortage Mm -hmm. that's impending, that has been discussed constantly in the past, you know, five years coming in, um, with that, with that being said, I don't think it's been five years. It's been nothing. Anyways, um, for the rural versus suburban schools, I know there's schools in Southern Illinois that are hurting for family mm-hmm. consumer sciences teachers. And that comes out on our Facebook page and holy moly, like they can't fill positions mm-hmm. in family consumer sciences. And the people that are living in Southern Illinois are coming up to the suburbs and, our area to try to find positions that they can work in mm-hmm. so that money, right. but also industry, industry professors, professionals, not professors, mm-hmm. but industry professionals, that pay gap, I don't think I'd yeah. leave nursing yeah. for that. But right. the, the physical demands are a lot for right. most of our positions that are in that manufacturing, in those industrial positions. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that... I, I I think it's great that kind of like we were talking about last week, I think it's great that there is that opportunity to for, you know, somebody who was in welding, somebody mm-hmm. who, um, you know, isn't able maybe to do as much of that as they're getting older to be able to come in and teach students. Yeah. I think having that 
experience too. Like just that opportunity to come in and teach that class and teach students Mm -hmm. in something that you've done um, and are experienced in is just like, it's unbeatable, like being, you know, being able to have that and get that. Um, And so being able to just kind of get that word out to the people Mm -hmm. and to people who may have a heart for this program and for what this is, I think is really important. Yeah. It's a great opportunity. Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting too, with the, the changes in CTE about what, and it seems to me to be in the new Perkins language, um, about increasing these opportunities for kids to have kind of apprenticeship style programs in the high school. Mm. And I think that's the, the other thing I wanted to make sure to bring up today, because when we talk about vocational education and the history of it in the United States, it is, you know, it does have this kind of darker side to it about tracking and, and, um, and you know, who gets, who's, who has access to what in our country. Mm -hmm. Um, but when you look in places like in different areas in Europe, where they really kind of embraced this apprenticeship model from like the old master and studio kind of what's it like guild style, you know, learning. And you look at somewhere like Germany, they're really doing, you know, they, I read this book last summer and we can put some of these in like our articles and our books in the, in the notes for our podcast, if you're interested, but that was talking about like the model in Germany and it was, you know, they were looking at if a kid chooses this tract for secondary education, they're going to work part of the day and local communities are totally investing in the schools. I love that. So there's like an actual partnership where the kids are getting this experience during their secondary education. The businesses are investing in the programs and working with the kids so that there's this deep connection. And I know we're getting a similar style program. I know we're looking into a lot of the kind of having people invest in these educational programs. And I think that's kind of where it needs to go too, so that it's constantly connected. Yes. Um, and so kids get real experiences. So they know earlier if this is something they want to do. And those business partnerships are invaluable. Yeah. Because we were talking about employability skills for students right now. And the biggest thing that people want, we had our our advocacy meeting or advisory mm-hmm. committee, I apologize, advisory committee meeting on Friday. And all industry professionals were like, we need kids that show up. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we need. We need mm-hmm. kids that are going to show up on time mm-hmm. and want to be here. Right. And that's another great part of the CTE is that like, when it's being done right, we're getting these connections. We're hearing from business partners. We have business partners. We have community partners and all this kind of collaboration between fields and that. I don't think you get that a lot, like between even like secondary ed and higher ed. I don't Mm -hmm. think you get that kind of connection. So it's really nice when it's, when it's done well. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. But I think we're going to go into like a lot of these topics deeper through our podcast. Like yes. we're going to talk more about collaborations. We're going to talk more about what our classes look like. Community outreach, Community student outreach. engagement, yeah. inquiry based, you know, we've already talked about that, but what we're doing and, and what it looks like. Yeah. I hope we clarified some of what CTE is and where it came from. And, and we'll link the articles that we've been yeah. writing, reading, not writing the ones that we've been reading um, because that's kind of cool to see. And also mm-hmm. our Illinois State Board of Education CTE website. Yeah. So you can find some more information out about those career clusters as well. Thank you for tuning in to Learning by Doing, episode two. 
Thank you for checking out our podcast. You can follow us on social media. Our Twitter handle is at learningcte underscore pod. If you have any questions or topics you'd like to hear about, you can email us at learningbydoingcte at gmail.com.